0: K hay hop boy, hey to the motherfucking K. A to the
1: motherfucking
0: K. K hay boy, to the motherfucking K. A to the K, a to the motherfucking K. K hay boy, to the motherfucking K. Hello and welcome to 8 to the K's Talk podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things wrestling. We're going to go through um this Week in wrestling. Uh, talking about the four big shows. We're gonna cover any news and rumors, anything like that. And then we're gonna finally, as we've been mentioning for a few weeks now, we're gonna talk about our favorite, well, currently favorite. I think it's fair to say, Carl. Uh, in that, we're gonna to just totally fanboy out on Chris Jericho for probably a few hours. And uh, and yeah, and we can sort of just chill out on that then <laughs> instead of mentioning well, them so every week. We are
1: going to give you the gift of Jericho. So drink it in, man.
0: So, as always, guys, you are, uh, you're here with, uh, with Anthony, and uh, also the Executive Vice President of Talent Relations for A to the K, <laughs> and that is Carl. That Hello, is me. Carl. Hello, <laughs> so Anthony. Before we kick off with the show, Carl, uh, I'm going to kick it over to you, if I could, for our introduction of our first sponsor of the show.
1: Absolutely. So uh, great to have these guys on board, but this week's episode is brought to you by UK, where you can get all the latest news about Florida, Disney, and Universal Studios, as well as valuable tips and touring plans to get the most out of your Florida holiday. That's floridae.co.uk, the sunshine state of mind.
0: Shall we move on to this week in wrestling, Cal?
1: <laughs> we shall, which we've already, definitely already done.
0: We've definitely already done this week in wrestling. We have not done this in any sort of wrong order at all.
1: So... Do you want to talk raw? I'm going to talk downright raw. Talk raw, Cal. Um, so my attempt this week is to—I've tried to condense my notes. So let's see whether we come in <laughs> at a time frame, um, kind of, you know, <laughs> reduced than normal. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so raw this trying. week. <laughs> raw this week kicked off with the Kevin Owens show, um, and he brings out Asuka. Um, Who's then followed by Charlotte, um because obviously because she's on every show, um, she basically says that you know she should have been handed the belt because she always beat Asker, because that's how it works. You know, why not go in them yeah, fucking I mean, money in the bank? I, again, milk, this so. is what
0: uh, it's really, really getting on me goat. This this is the second wrestler now to say you were handed the belt she went, she won the fucking match. That's that's how it works. Exactly. Why are they acting like she was given the belt she wasn't, she won the money in the bank?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. Um <laughs> No, so yeah, fucking hell, Charlotte, because we can't get enough of her. She comes out, says all that shit. Then Natty comes out because you know Natty, um, and then Naya, Um, you know didn't okay. actually kill anybody in the process of her coming out, which is again, you know, we'll, we'll get good. on to Naya in a bit though because uh, <laughs> she did, <Yeah. laughs> but not yeah. in this segment. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think what a waste of Kevin Owens. Like we've just been speaking about him. I'm, I'm a massive Owens mark. Yep. We haven't just been. We haven't just been speaking about him. Damn it, this is going to fuck me up all night. This, it's okay. Uh, I'm, we're,
0: I've, I, we're not going to hide the fact that we've recorded segment three before <laughs> segment one, Carl.
1: And we only do it in jest. So feel free to say we've already talked about it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just think everyone knows what a massive mark I'm Bowens. And after the whole Rollins feud and, you know, even then he wasn't being used very well because it was literally just every fucking tag team under the sun getting involved, et cetera. And, you know, after Money in the Bank, he was there saying... Oh, in fact, no, sorry, after WrestleMania, he was there saying, uh, okay, I'm going to go on to Bigger and Better Things. I said, like, well, what? what is your Bigger and Better Things, hosting the fucking Kevin Owens show for the women's fucking debacle?
0: Don't yeah, know. to be honest for me, and this isn't Kevin Owens' fault, by the way, but there are entirely too many shows at the minute. We've got the Dirt Sheet. We've got Kevin Owens' show. We've got the VIP lounge. It's really starting to annoy me. the Moment of, of bliss. Moment <laughs> of bliss. Um, it's really just starting to bug me, the amount of fucking talk shows we've got. You know, this isn't a fucking morning time fucking breakfast show. This is a wrestling show. Yeah, I don't know. just But yeah, absolute waste. Um, They could be putting them into something good, yeah, but they're just fucking around with this kind of
1: shit. Yeah, shame. Um, Indeed. However, it then picks up a little bit. Um, so we get our US title match, which is Andrade versus Apollo. Um, You know, these two fantastic athletes. Um, In this match, Apollo looked especially good, I think. I think he looked um,
0: good in the last match they had as well. Admittedly, they've done this whole fucking weird
1: injury, can't do money in the bank shit,
0: but I thought you had a really good match with them then.
1: Yeah, like, um, it's one of them. If you've got two guys who are really athletically gifted and they can, you know, do the physical spots as well as the kind of the flippy shit stuff too, um, you know, it's it's going to be fireworks in it and, and these two, really good chemistry together. Um, there was shenanigans, so, you know, Selena jumps up on the apron, um, accidentally gets knocked off partway through, Um one thing that was fucking was weird as fuck about this match. Halfway through it, he just cut to the back and had an interview with Angel Garza, where he's like flirting with that fucking what's her face. Yeah, it, or whatever it is.
0: to me it kind of anno- it's kind of annoying the fact that it's like, how seriously do you take the US title match that you you're cutting away from it for shit like
1: that? Literally in the middle of the match, like, yeah. it's really just talking about weird. anything that's going. Like, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, I thought that was mental, but um. That aside, we actually got to see Apollo pick up the win. um. So the new US champ. And I don't know, for me, this was just a really great show. And I think you mentioned then that, you know, he's he's had a, a good show previously as well. um. Mm. But this was like, it really kind of cemented him as like, okay, he can be a US champ. Like, he isn't just a, a kind of muscly guy who can do flippy shit. Like this guy, you know, the whole slap to Andrade a couple of weeks ago, the whole kind of build up with the storyline where his injury and stuff like that. Like, I feel like they're actually giving him something. So Hopefully you can take it and run with it. You know, I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: I'm fearful. I really mm. enjoyed this match. I'm really glad he won. I really want to see him have a run with the title. But he's next week he is um, going to challenge someone for a title match, and I really worry for Apollo in the sense that are they just having it as like a, a quick fucking hot potato kind of thing where he loses to someone next week, so the title can mm. move on to someone that they want it on. No offence to Apollo, but, and I sincerely hope they won the title on him, but you know when you just got that little fear in your mind? Because I'll tell you where I'm going with this, Carl. In the back of my mind, I have this horrible fear because of this new brand invitational bullshit, right, that we're going to have Apollo go, I want some redemption. I want to challenge Seamus, and Seamus fucking ruins him. <laughs> That's what I worry about. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> I'd don't love it that. if he did that and won. And he beat Sheamus, given the embarrassing fucking squash that he had with Chad Gable. But um, to go from being squashed in a handicap match against Sheamus to to winning the US title, uh, it just worries me that he's going to want redemption for that and he's going to lose.
1: Look, apparently from what what I've read is um, it's a it's a Paul Heyman thing. So apparently he's quite big on him. So Good. fingers crossed while he's still writing for Raw that. You know, it's not. It doesn't go that way. I mean, I'm I'm very fearful, same same as you. That it very well could. But well, luckily, across. Jeff is currently in an angle with with Sheamus. Not that you'd know. Mm-hmm. And we'll get
0: on to SmackDown. Not that you'd know who's in a fucking angle with Sheamus. But um, Jeff's currently Im- embroiled in an angle with Sheamus. So I'm hoping that's not the case. But you know, when you just uh, part of me is feeling like the story's kind of there. But it should be Apollo winning, and I just really worry that they're going to drop the title off him next week as well.
1: I hope that's not the case. I really do. Fingers crossed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Then we go on to see the Monday Night Messiah. Um, again, chatting around the injury that he he did to Ray, um, and he doesn't know what the future holds for Mysterio. But you know, if that was his final act, and it was a cori- uh, courageous one, because it allows him to move forward into the future. And then obviously we get Seth got one eye on him. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah so he then apparently the future is fucking Buddy Murphy and Austin Theory um, so those guys God help us really bad promos um, talking about how much they love him and thanking him for all that you know he's done for them and then that's that so okay
0: yeah yeah I mean mm. I, I'll, I think it's a good time to mention this that's um, or, uh, hopefully I haven't put it in the news I'll skip it if I have but the, the suggestion that the next person in um, Seth's faction could actually be Dominic what do you make of that? That's
1: gonna be weird as fucking it, because like
0: I feel like they're seriously? setting it up though. They're really setting it up because he's he's currently training, isn't he? He's currently a training wrestler. He's had uh, you know a bit of a show on WWE. I reckon they would pick him up just for the sake of Ray. And you know Seth, there's clearly something gonna happen next week with Seth doing the retirement party for Ray. You know that's not gonna end like that, is it? Let's be honest. So I feel like they are actually setting up for this. Um, right now it's just a bit of a wild theory by all accounts, but. Uh, Uh, How would you feel about that as an angle? (laughs) Wild,
1: wild Austin theory. Yeah, that's a wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be happy with it to be honest. I don't think uh, Dominic's pages do is enough to be brought up to the main roster. So I think well, it'd be pretty considering weird.
0: the that's a fair point. Considering the amount of people on NXT who are, are clambering for their shot, I mean Austin Theory being one of the moves very recently come up um, hmm. to have Dominic just because of who his dad is just there suddenly in the main scene
1: be fucking annoying, really. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks that they're trying to make it like an Alistair Black, Seth Rollins feud, but it just hasn't come across that way yet. So maybe really? it's an Alistair Black thing <laughs> um, at, the, at the retirement party. I'm, I'm not sure. But, I mean, obviously Ray's not actually retiring, so it could just be a Ray thing. But, you yeah. see, my my little theory, not Austin,
0: my little theory was um, <laughs> was that Roman was the one who was traded for AJ and he was mm. going to join it. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if they want to put Roman in that kind of role anyway at the moment. They probably want a main main event and again, they so. I don't know. Just a little
1: theory I put out there. Interesting, though.
0: Yeah. Very many possibilities. There are many possibilities
1: <laughs> of the Messiah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, w- I wasn't really sold on that segment. I just thought, well, okay, Murphy can't talk. Theory, not much of a talker either, so great. Yeah, um, but they're good at standing behind Seth. <laughs> of course, of course. You need someone um, to stand
0: behind you. Those guys are fucking good at it. <laughs> uh,
1: what more could a Messiah want, you know? Uh <laughs> So uh, next, I'd love it if he ended the, up with 12. <laughs> turns him into his disciples and before you know it, it's just a whole different thing. Um, yeah, so the Iconics come out next, caught bit of a promo. Uh, Billy Kay apologises for slapping Peyton Royce the previous week. Yeah, um, what was that? Well, exactly. Um, so I, I think we both kind of discussed, we didn't really know where it was going to go, but seems like, um, you know, they're going on about how much they've kind of come together and how much they've overcome together. And, you know, they should still be tag team champions. And, crazy lady in the office's favorite blonde what really are they really right. gonna try and make that comment when and we're gonna see charlotte three times exactly and i don't know whether you picked up on this in, in the smackdown review but they said it again then he said something like charlotte jr or something about alexa yeah and they did. Which, it's really pissing me off actually to be fair what annoys me is like literally
0: and i when i mentioned three times i'm not talking about the three shows we see charlotte three times tonight <laughs> three times on raw and yet Alexa's the officer's favourite blonde fuck that that's a fucking
1: yeah, what, lie what the fuck it felt like that was just out of nowhere um, but yeah anyway um, they basically then um, say that Nikki can't talk um, so she should just stand there and look grateful and then Nikki cuts a very Scottish promo um, about how she like came to the USA with nothing yeah I believe they had to put subtitles up didn't they I mean fucking hell. We can't understand Scottish. I've oh, got to help the fucking Yanks. Um but yeah, so apparently, you know, at least the iconics had each other when they came over from uh, the Oz, whereas she came over on a bill apparently, um and didn't have anything until Lexi. Which I thought was I don't know. Um, I don't think I don't think these guys are gonna break up anytime soon still. But I feel yeah. like they're still plant planting these little seeds. Do you know what I mean? Just like I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm curious on it because I feel like they do that a little bit like um like, Nikki's character is quite over the top, and it feels like Alexa's sort of putting up with it a lot of the time. Like, there is going to be a little hint of something there. But uh, I've long since said I think it's going to be Nikki who turns on her. I don't think it's going to be the other bit. I don't think we're going to see a Alexa heel run. I think it's going to be Nikki who turns on her for some heat.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think with the whole Bailey-Sasha thing, maybe it's not going to come anytime soon, but I don't know whether they're planting the seeds. But um, either way, for this, for this week's segment, the Iconics, then um, just go on and start beating down. Um, Cross applesauce um, and hold their titles above their heads as though, like, you know, they're the real champs or whatever. So, yeah, I like, okay. think you just Fair lose your shot, but okay, <laughs> clearly, clearly gonna get uh, another one. Um, yep. And because and the KO we show another... went off, Carl, what have we got? What have we got next? <laughs> another wonderful talk show this time is the VIP lounge with MVP. Yay! Um, so, he's just chatting, it's just a nothing segment. This he comes out, chats some shites. Drew McIntyre comes down, is like, well. You know, I I tried to help you out, blah blah blah, but you didn't want my help. So now I've asked Lashley. So then Drew just basically said, I don't need anyone to talk for me, no one to think for me, and I don't need anyone kissing my ass. And they claim more them, so. Yeah. It's well and sweet. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going mention
1: a Claymore Claymore party. So yeah, that's fine. I like um, it. We then get Owens versus Angel Garza. Okay. <laughs> and why? <laughs> you know that built up. Exactly, right? It's a load of build-up behind this. And, you know, forgive me for, for jumping the gun and saying that they brought Owens back and they've misused him and, you know, they haven't, you know, surely this will all be rectified, right? No, because Garza goes over Owens. No, not Owens. Owens. Someone. Yeah. Oh, um, you're
0: predicting the future there. <laughs> uh,
1: it's like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Why would you have Angel Garza go over fucking Kevin Owens? I know. Like, like don't get me wrong, like all due they respect are... to
0: Kev, but it's not even a big enough rub for Gaza for to make sense.
1: Exactly. Like I'm, like, clearly they're very big on Gaza, to the point where part of me thinks if Andrade wasn't Shagging Charlotte that Gaza would be fucking given more of a push than Andrade at the minute. But to have him go over Kevin Owens, it's, it's like you said, like no no offense to Kev, but it's it, it it is a big coup for Gaza to have that win, but What's it mean? They're not going to do anything with it. Then on the other hand, you've had Kevin Owens be away for ages. He comes back and he hosts a fucking talk show as a tag team match and then loses to fucking Angel Garza.
0: Yeah. And this is a man who came off WrestleMania beating Seth Rollins, who's arguably one of the biggest names in the business.
1: Exactly. I don't know. Just absolute shite. They literally don't know what they're doing. No. Very confusing, that. Very confusing. Speaking of shite, we get more (laughs) of the profits and raiders. Surely you can't tell me you were digging it this week as well. I'll
0: be honest. I enjoyed the last two, right? And I, didn't, I probably didn't hate this anywhere near the level you're going to. But, yeah, this one was a bit boring. It, wasn't, it was the weakest of the three we've seen so far. And I wasn't that into it. I wasn't angry about it um, because I've come to expect these these mad gimmicks where they're competing with each other over random stuff. Slightly tickled by the fact he got moved onto a mini golf
1: course. But, um, yeah, don't know. I hate it. <laughs> I hate everything about it. Right, look. Fucking Angelo Dawkins doesn't have any charisma whatsoever, right? You couldn't. Well, no, the other one the other one does
0: the talking for him. The one yeah, the you glasses. could
1: argue potentially Montez Ford has got the charisma of the tag team. No, nah, I, I think feel he's like got a mouth. all he's done is he's just been watching Damon Wayne's old fucking shtick and tried to copy him as much as he can. I actually think he's he's been watching Damon Wayne's Jr.'s current shtick. <laughs> Maybe, but either way, it's it's tired, man. Like, literally, it's it's not funny. The Viking Raiders aren't funny, the profits aren't funny. And to have three of these segments now, in a row.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, as I say, I, I happily admit that the last couple of weeks, I've been enjoying these segments, right? And um, again, I probably didn't hate it all that much, but it was the weakest of the three. But I will totally agree with you that, like, they they are booking Montez as the one with the charisma, but he, he hasn't, he's got a mouth and a microphone. I don't, I don't think he's actually got much about him in terms of personality, if I'm honest. No. Again, character-wise, I'm not having a part, I don't know Montez in real
1: life, but character-wise, I'm not digging it. Yeah, same. Like, literally, just please stop it. (laughs) it. Um, (laughs) Then, next, we get the uh, Messiah's Disciples versus uh, Umberto Carrillo and Alistair Black, Um, which was, you know, makes sense, but uh, the match itself was okay. Um, You know, most of these guys are pretty talented, especially Umberto, and I think it was him who continues to look really great um in, in every kind of match he's in and, and I don't know, I feel like they just haven't got anything for him now. Um, you know, the the feud with Andrade made sense, but it's like he's so kind of vanilla at the minute. He hasn't really got any character about him. Like his, his ability is is fantastic, but I feel like he's just there. Um so I don't know. And then after the match, um Seth tries to basically blind yet another Mexican dude um, because he tries to do to Humberto what he did to Ray, but obviously doesn't end up being able to go through the well Yeah, I don't know. Bit a bit bit shy to be fair.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a bit weird really in it that he says he's he's gone for Humberto. Like a bit of an odd one really. Uh, yeah. yeah for me if this match hadn't happened I don't think it'd made much difference to the story either, in all honesty. No, didn't didn't
1: progress anything to be fair. No. So strange. Um we then get a promo from Edge um, so basically saying that you know, Autumn has been baiting him and then finally he's now bit, but he's doubting his ability, which is the whole point of the fucking segment, apparently. Um, but you know, at Backlash, he's going to dig to the depths of his soul to beat him, and that's all he can do. Why are hype in this as the greatest wrestling match ever? No what idea. F- people what? were fucking loving this promo as well. I was on Twitter at this time, people were like, properly,
0: like, wow, fantastic promo from Edge. I'm like, yeah, but when you really look at it, He's not saying... We know the match is happening and he's not really saying anything. You know what I mean? For me, this is I'm one of the... Dig into of the depths edges, of his soul. Yeah, okay.
1: since, what, it, yeah. since, since he's come back, I don't know. I feel like his, his promo work's been great. This, for me, felt a bit weak. Like Obviously, the, the previous week where he just stood there and said nothing, that was the worst. But I mean, this he he one looks just, quite gritty there, doesn't he? What is it with this fucking... What is it with the word grit? What is it with the word grit?
0: They, they like the Everywhere. word
1: grit. Everywhere, right? And I'm going to come on to this in, in some of the other shows, right? everyone's talking about grit i know what i think fuck? i think it's it's replaced intensity they used to say people were really intense
0: and it was intense and,
1: you know but i think i think it's just a, yeah, the new wwe buzzword well they need to replace grit with shit because it's starting to do meeting yeah um
0: but
1: yeah <laughs> that's so the apparently... shirt waiting to happen <laughs> <laughs> the exact so... same edge shirt but uh make it shit <laughs> instead of grit let's make it happen let's do it um See, so, yeah, I don't know the greatest wrestler match ever really. Neither of these guys are the greatest wrestlers, so how's that to work?
0: Really, I don't okay. I don't like to to be negative about Edge being back. You know, it's <laughs> awesome to see him back, especially after being out so long and especially after potentially career-ending injury front there previously. But, you know, we've seen these two go up against each other. We don't need this match and I've I've no hype for it at all. I'll be happy when it's done and dust and he can move on to somewhere else. Or yeah,
1: Randy again probably. <laughs> Well, fucking hell. Fingers crossed that's not the case. But yeah, I mean, every, every time we talk about it, we say, I think, he's back, so he needs to have some fresh matches, like with Rollins, with Owens, with people that he's never the, fought before. The Rollins
0: before. one? Surely that's got to happen at some point. That, is, that, that makes sense. You could see Rollins well, wanting if, to go, from a
1: character angle, you could see the Messiah wanting to deal with the false prophet of Edge, because people are back exactly. and they love him. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, if, you know, it, if, if it happens, it's got to happen soon, because I imagine it'll take time off for being a baby daddy soon so
0: oh there is that yeah
1: yeah but, okay so apparently the greatest wrestler match ever we've got to look forward to awesome jen do you, you want to know what what isn't the greatest match ever the women's fourth match Yay. <laughs> so we get charlotte versus naya versus natty because that's the match we all want um that being said Did the it match like... itself was okay to be fair i don't want to be too harsh mm. on it because it was okay um but do you want to know why it was okay because cool. nia jack spent most of the time. On the floor, on the outside of the match, so it was pretty much just Charlotte versus Natty, which is, you know, a match and I can get behind.
0: They're both very good, aren't they To be fair,
1: yeah. But you know what? What happens uh, when you spend most of the time not in the match, and then you come back, similar to kind of Roman Reigns at the Rumble? You go on and win the fucking thing, don't you? Oh Of so, course,
0: yeah. You go on and have a lie down. Everyone's completely yeah,
1: fine with that. Exactly. And you She's win. probably still lying on the mattress from the, the the previous week when fucking Asuka made a, you know, lie down on her <laughs> <mat>. <laughs> I forgot about um, that. Oh, yeah, no, she hell. fell. <laughs> so yeah um, obviously Natty was the one to take the pin because they can't possibly do anything to hurt Charlotte um, so Nia is going to backlash because that is what we want to see um, but then mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny is they then showed the graphic after the fact um, to show that it was going to be Asuka versus Nia and it still had the whole the greatest wrestler match ever text on there so it's like what are you, <laughs> what are you now saying Asuka and Nia? I was confused as fuck when I saw it to be fair yeah yeah, the, surely they can't be billing that one as the greatest
0: ever. <laughs> yeah. I've, so. I'm willing to suspend disbelief, but I have limits, man.
1: Yeah, fucking hell. You know, it's an actual dead man, stuff like that. You know, the Gobble Taguka. That's fine, but Nia Jax have been in the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah. Not going to happen.
0: No, no it's,
1: it's too unrealistic for me, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we get to see, from our 24-7 champion, the longest reign and 24-7 champion, because he's not fucking there, um, Mr. Gronk. <laughs> yeah, he's pulled, pulled a Brock Lesnar on us. <laughs> oh, yeah, but don't worry, because you know, he's clearly been working on his promo skills because he goes on to call our truth, our lies. He... Oh, oh, he burned the man.
0: How's he going to come back yeah. from that one? So, yeah, that was... I think this, he's been this taking was... their promo skills from his best mate.
1: <laughs> this was pointless as well. Like, he was literally just there for no reason. Like, there's no... Like, why have him hold up the title for this amount of time? Like, just have someone take the title off him so you can do something fresh, but whatever. Yeah. Um, then we got a Liv Morgan promo, and I don't know how I feel, man, about this, because I'm I'm big... Big into Morgan, but yeah, I'm not really big into <laughs> I'm not big into this kind of character. Um so in her latest promo, um, you know, her biggest stumbling block was her self worth. You know, she's never felt good enough apparently. Um but you know what? She might not know everything, but she knows that she's alive and she's living her best life. Full of puns, full of puns. Yeah. And not much else. I mean, for me, Carl, I think you should live and let live.
0: Um, uh, For me, this is one promo too many. I'm I'm bored. She needs to do something. I'm like, she doesn't have to do a fucking promo every week. We get it. Exactly.
1: I feel like I feel like stop taking up TV time and just get an Instagram. For fuck's sake. (laughs) Her character work has like stepped on massively when she hasn't been talking, and that's not me saying she's a bad promo. I'm just saying that the gimmick that she's got it doesn't benefit her at all when she comes out in like brand new ring gear looking like a fucking crazy psychopath at the rumble. Okay. Yeah. Like that. When she comes out and um, challenges Charlotte Flair and is, you know, again, she was on the mic then she was good. I like that. But I don't know who I am. Just a girl. Like all girls my age. And you know, my mom's got grit cause everyone's got grit and uh, you know, I didn't know who it was, but now I know I am. And I'm, 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 I'm live, you know, live, live. And it was like a fuck's sake. I don't know. It's not working.
0: Yeah. Not for me. It, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think they've become a little bit repetitive and boring, these promos. I think she needs to get back to having some good matches. Um, a little side note for you there, Carl. Did you know that her ring gear is actually based on um, the Black Cat from the animated Spider-Man series? Mm, interesting. No, I did not. Just FYI. Very
1: nice. Fun Very nice. facts for everyone. <laughs> Fun and educational. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the main events of the evening was the main event we've always wanted to see. And it is the the really... Charismatic Street Profits versus the really charismatic MVP and Bobby Lashley. And this needed to happen because... <sighs> Who knows? Who knows? Like, like MVP, mate, if you're just a manager, if so, just fucking stay to be a manager. Why are you trying to be a wrestler now as well? I don't really know.
0: I want to stress something right now, MVP. I was happy when I saw you come back at the Rumble, just for the kicks. I, w- I was made up with that. I'm done now. You can go.
1: <laughs> I'm MVP'd off. Um, hey this whole thing but yeah so obviously we need to see mvp and lashley um do you know what they they work quite well together i think um but what is it with these really tame like fucking dq finishes like we're having them every week now um yeah i i don't get what it is like i feel like there's
0: way too much sort of and i could be wrong but there seems to be way too much paranoia about not wanting people to look weak 'Cause we love Lashley, but we love the profits. What are we gonna do? Uh so they just DQ it so no one looks fucking stupid, but everyone looks fucking stupid. It yeah, could be wrong it's like if but it just if feels it a happened, little bit
1: like that. If it happens every week, and um, it would bother me if the DQ was like legitimate, but it's it's like for you know, the the guy who isn't the legal tag staying in like a couple of seconds too long or something, it's like, Well, what? Like really, that's a DQ? Like fucking
0: <laughs> You're really strict on the
1: rules when you wanna be. Exactly. Um so, yeah, I don't know. Again, why did this match need to happen? Nobody knows. And then after the match, um, we basically see Drew McIntyre come down um, with his music, obviously, because we need his music. Can't just come down because that doesn't make sense. Um, and then he starts having a really vicious fight with Bobby Lashley. You know, clearly these guys hate each other. There's loads of animosity there based on all the event. Oh, wait, you know what? Well, they've just basically announced that they're fighting each other and there's, there's no history there. Okay. In fact, there's um, more animosity between him and MVP. MVP is the one who's gone. to go well alright you said no but
0: look who I've got now like,
1: right cool. why do these guys hate each other so much it doesn't make any fucking sense like Shayna Baszler bit a fucking chunk out of Becky Lynch's neck right and then she turns up the next week and like it's cool right Bobby's done nothing to Drew and Drew's done nothing to Bobby and the next thing you know they're trying to I barely hear Bobby talk
0: Bobby's just there like little man say get big man thank like, <laughs> you I never heard him say fucking where MVP's gone you know you should beat him up and he's gone okay
1: what the fuck? Like, yeah, literally no idea. And I feel bad because, you know, I, I do love Drew, but it's been a really poor show in the last couple of weeks for him. Like, it was very gimmicky, catchphrase stuff like the last week. And then the, the way this feud's being built at the minute, it's just built on nothing. So he just looks stupid.
0: We see this, the problem, because they want to push Lashley, right? And for me, Lashley's not got enough personality for it. I think that was his problem the first time. and certainly his problem now. And um, Drew would have worked better, in my opinion. Um going up against the Maharaja. Oh yeah, definitely. That that it was straight away it had the history there, they've got the chemistry there because they've worked together for years. They are starting to build him up because he's come back and he wants his redemption, even though he didn't do anything this week. Um it would have been more organic and I think Drew would have worked with that better. Drew's actually been interviewed recently and said about how he enjoys having the the freedom to sort of, you know, be off the cuff. And that's one of the the key elements this time in WWE for him. Um, but I think it makes it harder when you you've got a story that you, there's not really a lot of substance to. Like it's one thing being off the cuff, but how can you work with this when you've no like you say there's no motivation really for for not like
1: him, Bobby. Well, that's it. it's it's just so not in keeping with his character. Like one minute he's like, "Oh, I'm just here for a Claymore party," you know, I just want to come out and beat some people up for some fun. And like the next week, he's like, "I'm fully intensity, hate you, and I want you, you to die." And it's like, "Okay, but why?" I don't yeah. know. It just it's what happened? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. So, no. for me, that was raw, and I can't give it any higher than a one point five. I think the Apollo win was good. Um, you know, there was one or two other little bright spots, but for me, it was just a really weak show.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Totally agree. Um, was so a one for me. I'll be honest. Fuck Mm Raw. Fuck everything it's about. (laughs) One of the worst I've seen in a a while. There was nothing
1: here for me, really. Nothing kind of felt like it got progressed. Nothing benefited from anything. It was just there and it happened.
0: Genuinely, if you haven't seen Raw this week and you're wondering, oh shit, am I going to be able to keep up? Don't worry about it. Skip this one. Go on to the next (laughs) one. I promise you, you won't miss anything. (laughs) Yeah. And let's be honest, anything you did missed, they're going to recap six or seven times on, on this week's Raw. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. Because how else are they going to fill three hours? <laughs> so, yeah, so that, um, yeah, that was Raw.
0: That was Raw. Um, so, um yeah, so I'll go through NXT, and I'll be I'll be honest with you from the off here, Carl. This is probably one of the better NXTs I've seen in a while, um, and the ratings mm-hmm. will reflect that. Um, so we, we kick straight off with um, a triple threat match with Drake Maverick, Kushida, and Jake Atlas, and this is for the uh, Interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament and this is to decide who will go into the final against El Hijo del Fantasma or uh, Dale Dell I don't know I hope I've said it right somewhere um and it was a it was a really good match and I don't I'm not going to obviously try and harp on too much about the, the I'm, I, again we're trying to keep it lean so um the interesting part in this one for me was uh, they done a, a couple of like mad um, spots but it ended with this sort of crazy finish where um Kushida got the Sakuraba I hope i pronounced that right too, on Atlas. Uh, but at the same time, Maverick managed to sort of crawl over and get the pin. And it ended with this mad sort of finish where the ref counted the pin. But at the same time, Atlas was tapping. So you could argue that Kushida actually won. But the win went to Maverick at the time. Um, and then we cut to a bit of a backstage promo where Maverick shown the footage of him, of um, Atlas tapping while he was getting the pin. And he's very much like basically he's happy to to have the match again, you know he doesn't want to try and argue a dodgy finish or anything like that. he'll happily go for it again, and then we see Kashida come along and he's saying, basically you know we're all fighting for the title, we are all fighting for a job, you go and win this and and sort of gives him the the sort of you know the nod to take the victory and and go forward against Phantasma. so um we're going full full um Finish with this storyline with uh, with Maverick, so Maverick is now going to go into the into the final match against uh, El Hijo del Fantasma. Uh, what did you make of this match, Carl?
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, actually, it's just interesting, isn't it? This whole Maverick thing. Like I've I've been a very firm believer that like no, it's not, it's not a work. He has been fired and blah 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 blah. But they are literally taking it down to you know the wire really with it aren't they? I think.
0: I think, I think they're running a massive risk here.
1: You know, I think I think we're getting to a point now
0: where if he doesn't win. People are going to be pissed off, especially because the finale now is Phantasma versus Maverick. Who are people more invested in? Mm. You know, it's um, it's a really risky move to take if they if they don't give him the win. But at the same time, they released him, so I don't know. I mean, we've seen quite recently with um, Gulak that you know these things aren't set in stone. So maybe they did, like you say, they did release him, but that might not stick now because he's he certainly built himself up in this tournament. But. Um, you know, fantastic match. I was even intrigued. You know, I'm I'm never usually a fan of screwy finishes, but I even like the way they put that together. You know, they kept um, kept Kushida. Not not so much Atlas, who basically lost twice in one match, um, but they kept Kushida looking awesome and, um, you know, showing some some boss respect there to Maverick at the end. So um, I think Maverick even said to him in the promo, you know, if he does win, you know, he he's going to, his first defense, will, he'll happily be against Kushida. So I think they're potentially setting that feud up as well for the future.
1: Yeah, I think it's like it's it's shenanigans done right, and exactly, you know, yeah, the whole kind of respect aspect of it there between them, and if uh, you know if Drake does go on to win it to uh, give him the first title shot and stuff like that, it's it's just a nice little touch. It, it it kind of I don't know, it just furthers the the character work, and it's not something we get to see a lot with NXT or you know WWE in general. So I, I was quite big on
0: it. yeah. Now I uh, yeah I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what what comes of it all. I must admit, um. Now the next one the next match was I don't know I don't really not sure how I feel about this, um the way they're building this character, but we had um Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano come out. Um and he's now starting to do an invitational because he he wants to, to sort of put over young talent and or help help sort of young talent out. But then um as a match with uh, Adrian Alanis Alanis uh with a you know embarrassingly quick tap out. So you know, making it quite clear that he's not here to help the young talent house. on one side of it, I'm like, I really like the way they've done it in the sense of like, this is a squash, but a good squash in a sense of like, it's helping, not helping the person who got squash, but it's helping his character because there's a reason he's going up against an unknown jobber, and he's doing it in such a scumbag way. Um, but I'm just not sure how I feel about the the how convincing Gargano is as a heel. You know what I mean? I think we've touched on it before, but I'm still not overly keen on it. Um, that being said, we we followed it up with um, like a bit of a I don't know, a backstage. not even a backstage thing, but we followed it up with a, a video. Keith Lee and and Mia Yim, um, and Knox actually turning up. Uh, they're having dinner and basically mocking LeRae and uh, Gargano uh, for being so sort of arrogant and self-involved. So they're, they're still sort of building towards those matches. But um, I don't. Know, I feel I feel like it was a good way of doing the squash, but I'm just not overly convinced on on Gargano just yet.
1: Yeah, do you know what? I was really distracted during this match because I just kept thinking of this uh, Adrian Alanis as like Roman Reigns Jr. He <laughs> looked like the little spit of him, he had like the, the double barreled, you know, Roman Reigns, Adrian Alanis. I mm-hmm. don't know, like literally the guy which I yeah, just was so distracted by it. But yeah, like look. Maybe that's what they're doing, you know, in case, you know, you need a spare Roman. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> we don't we, we don't know if he's gonna come back, do we? Um but yeah, I don't know. No, oh, I'm not I'm not big on on him as a heel and you know, the whole Candice LeRae thing as well, like, you know, yeah, it's fine, but, yeah, I don't know, and I I actually didn't, the, the little promo package with uh, Keith Lee and his his bitches, like, chatting about, uh, I mean, I, f- I feel like that, that, that damaged Keith Lee a bit for me.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest, I weren't, like, I weren't massive on, on that, like, I've not seen a lot of that sort of thing with Keith Lee. He's usually wanted mm-hmm. to come out and, and have a, a match or have a face-to-face. It didn't feel in keeping with his character, I suppose. But um, I think they were just sort of loosely trying to keep that alive because this match had fuck all to do with it, do you know what I mean? Mm. But it happened. It was okay. Uh, speaking of it happened and it was okay, the next match was... Um, <laughs> I did like this week, I promise. Uh, we had the, the your favourite creator wrestler, Shotty Blackheart versus uh, Raquel
1: Gonzalez. Well, um, she'd obviously been fucking dabbling with creative moves as well, hasn't she, in this one because she fucking <laughs> nearly died.
0: She did, yeah. That was a that was a messy spot. But do you not know, think this match as a whole was very fucking messy anyway? So we had yeah. um, Tegan Knox. In uh, Shotzi's corner, we had Dakota Kai and Gonzalez's corner. Then we had Candice LeRae confronting Tegan Knox and causing this confusion, allowing Kai to interfere to get Gonzalez the win. And I lose track of who was who and what was what. And like you say, we had this this very worrying spot from from Shotzi. So I know what they're doing. And we even had this backstage thing where LeRae's challenged um, Mia Yim to a match next week. So they're building that up. But again, very fucking messy for me. I I I weren't really weren't really big on this match.
1: Same. Thought it was really hard to follow. Um there was just too much going on with like the people who weren't involved in the match. Like the, 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 the two of them didn't really get a chance to just have the focus. And then obviously Shotzi nearly kills herself mm. trying to do some weird fucking cough and drop that she just proper over egged. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Scary. Scary shit. Over egged. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was it was very much just like meh. You know, considering that she nearly died for the cause, and it's like, well, if you're gonna pick something to die for, don't pick that match. I know,
0: yeah, that's a fair point. Like, we've seen like spots go wrong before in massive matches, and you know, they just sort of helped in some senses to to build them as a badass. But this was just such a weak match anyway, or a confusing match, or a messy match. It's, uh, yeah, it's not really the ones who to, uh, to do that kind of shit on. But uh, we'll move on to um, a really good match. I dare say, getting close to the match of the night for me, which um, we had Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Versus Charlotte Flair and Chelsea Green. Now, this is our weekly dose of Charlotte, I'll be honest, and I'm not normally a fan, but um, I think Rhea, EO, and Charlotte did a fantastic job of putting Chelsea Green over as someone who can hang with them because she is the, the greenest one there. Um, no pun intended? No, that no, was totally intended. <laughs> but uh, no, and Chelsea Green's definitely got something about her. She's really good, but um, she looks <laughs> phenomenal in this match, to be fair. And she had a lot of time in the ring, and she looked brilliant amongst them. She could really hang with them. I could see her getting on the main roster soon enough, to be honest. But um, it was a really enjoyable match all round. And yeah, what I didn't get was the the sort of slightly dodgy finish because we see, um, basically, we had Chelsea Green sort of sacrificing herself for Charlotte, which, again, you could say that's like a, a respect thing, maybe I don't know, but um, she took uh, i was, well, was a springboard drop kick from EO. Um and she she sort of shoved Charlotte out of the way and, and took that move. But then we see this dodgy finish from Charlotte who who got the pin but um sort of put her feet up on the ropes to make sure she got the pin, which I was surprised he did that with Charlotte, especially for someone who on the previous SmackDown was like almost giving Bailey shit for a dodgy finish. So I was like, Well you're not above dodgy finishes are you?
1: But uh, hey mm, um, that's super- that, that's, the, that's the problem when she's on all three shows and she's playing a different character on each to a degree because even though she's the queen or whatever there's like she goes up against the heel on one but then she has the heel on the others and it's like it just, just doesn't make sense it doesn't really gel to me get-
0: I think that that's sort of the problem is like she she's she's a heel but she wasn't really the heel against bailey so yeah but when when bailey took a uh i can't did she pull the tights or grab the rope but bailey done a bit of a similar thing on smackdown and no words were said but charlotte was very like oh yeah you know you have to do that to beat me but she's had to do that to win this match so you know it, yeah it, it seems an odd finish to give charlotte especially because they're, they're always big on making it look strong and giving her the solid win and you know this was a bit of a Bit of a ropey finish. <laughs> uh, another good hey. pun there for you, Carl. Uh, but again, that's probably the my only negative is the, the the slightly strange finish. All in all, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um, what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, I thought it was fine for what it was. I was surprised that it was Chelsea Green that the uh, he kind of gave the 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 spot to in, as the tag team partner. But um, you know, similar to what you said, she she did a really good, um, had a really good showing from her. So, uh,
0: and what do you make of Chelsea Green
1: in general? <laughs> Yeah, I think she's fine. I think um, she's still kind of trying to figure out her character, isn't she? Um,
0: uh, she's a bit a like Liv Morgan, yeah.
1: <laughs> she's just like most girls her age. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that we will see her on the main roster that soon, but I can definitely see as they start to move some of the other girls across, eventually like um, Ray Ripley and stuff like that, I could see her kind of being in like the, the main event women's picture. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah. Uh, I'll have to
0: um, i have to agree with you on that because I was high on on this match, but obviously when when we haven't had the likes of Rhea Ripley go over
1: yet, you make a logical point there. Yeah, but I thought you know the match <laughs> itself it was uh, no, it was fine, it was okay. Um, just again, just too much Charlotte.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you, you, we, we've got to get used to this, this is the status quo now, Carl. All Charlotte, all the time, all Charlotte wrestling. <laughs> right, but um, we'll move on. nevertheless. so we we cut to a bit of a segment there with uh, with Adam Cole trying to get. Um, Fishman and Strong, a shot at the tag team titles, um, which ultimately led to Regal sort of informing Cole that he's going to be up against the Velveteen Dream at Takeover in your house, and that this will take place in a secret location again for some fucking reason. Don't know why they keep doing that. Um, but the, I don't, I don't know if you um, you felt the same way, but the this sort of thing in like if Dream wins or doesn't win the match, sorry, um, he'll never get another shot at the title. Does that not remind you of any promotion or any particular
1: person? Hmm, it does ring a couple of bells. Who could yeah. it be?
0: Seems like a really odd thing to do. Like they're just mirroring <laughs> the Cody World Championship thing. I know it's only over the NXT title, but this is the promotion they're on. So he's, he's not allowed another shot at the biggest title. That sounds a lot like AEW. Not sure yeah. what the, uh, the purpose was in mimicking that, to be honest.
1: I think for me it, it probably indicates that one of them's going across to the main it's roster. Got to be soon.
0: Cole he's been been NXT champ for like 742 years now. Um yeah, surely they, he's sort of done with the title they've got to give it someone else now.
1: Yeah, I don't know it's going to be interesting because what where does that Cole fit in the main roster? He's um going to be Seth Rollins' new disciple. <laughs> is he is he secretly Dominic?
0: What? Um <laughs> uh, yeah, I take your points. It's where where could he end up in that? I don't, really don't know. Um, I'm not sure where you put him in. Or you could just do exactly what they're doing with Matt Riddle and go. He's gonna be on this show now and have no purpose at all for it, which I'll I'll well, discuss not. later on. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. Be an interesting one to see. Uh, the, the This whole stake of like, you can never go for the title again. You know, it worked with the Cody thing in a sense because it was more them getting the message across that, yeah, Cody's long in the tooth and he's one of the founders of the company, but he, it's not all about giving them all the accolades. Admittedly, he now holds one of the accolades, but um, that wasn't what it was all about. You know what I mean? So I kind of got it, but here it just feels like the are copying the same thing. Yeah, um, definitely got them vibes. Yeah. Now, another... Good squash, as far as I'm concerned. We had uh, Tommaso Champa take on Leon Ruff, and the reason I like this squash is because Leon Ruff was the debut opponent for Carrion Cross, so Carrion squashed him, and then Tommaso, almost proven a point, has squashed him just as fiercely and just as quick, if not quicker. Um, and then we obviously end with uh, Carrion appearing on the Titan Tron. And basically, just sort of amping up their match against each other. But um, a squash match and a quick squash match. But I actually like the idea that he's made a point of going after the same person to go, yeah, you're not shit hot just because you turned up and squashed this fella. Anyone could do that.
1: Yeah, I suppose it was a different take on it, wasn't it? By having it be their opponent's previous kind of squash yeah. as well. As I kind of. Just being a random whenever there's something more to
0: it, I think it's better than just having like, like Sheamus who just come out and squash random people every week until they decided what they wanted to do with him just felt really stupid. But. This kind of had a purpose, so I can work with it. Do you know what I mean? Squashes are useful when they have a, they have a purpose, you know?
1: Yeah, I think they're also useful when, you know, water simply won't do.
0: That's true, yeah. Mm. Get your squash today, WB.. <laughs> um, and then the, we move on to the, to the main event of the night, which uh, featured a, uh, an unnecessary Kurt Angle. I'm sorry, Kurt, I love you and all, but I, I, other than being the ref, I have no idea what this was for. Um, they didn't really fixate on it all too much. And then after that, it could have been any ref at all. So, don't know, was it just to get people watching it because they didn't really know both of the names? I really don't know. Well, what did you make of the, the guest ref, Carl? Because I, I got nothing out of that.
1: There's literally no point in it, was there? I think it must have just been used to get eyeballs on the show, I think.
0: Yeah. And speaking of, um, and you could argue the copy in UFC, so I don't want to cause any sort of uh, disagreement here, but um, do you want to tailor the tape? What did you make of that, gal? Because that felt, again, another thing that they're copying AEW, because AEW, all yeah. right, you could say UFC do this, but UFC have always done it. AEW started doing it for theirs, and now, lo and behold, NXT have copied that little gimmick too, so they're um, they're going for a tail of the tape. Now, you could argue that it was because they're both going into a UFC-style match and are former MMA fighters, but um, I don't know, it felt a little bit, again, like they've been keeping an eye on the competition.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think, uh, obviously, it does make sense with it being an an MMA match to do something like that, but for it to be so close to when they were doing it for the TNT title... Yeah. I don't know, just just kind of scream AEW copy.
0: Oh, especially because we forgot to mention it for Raw, but every um, episode this week featured an audience made up of superstars. Not seen that before.
1: (laughs) I thought it was weird as well, is... um, Owens came out and was, like, talking about them, like, saying these NXT stars or these future of the company, these NXT talents. Owens did Yeah. And then Michael Cole and everyone else was referring to it as, like, the performance center people. Like, they they never used the NXT name. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You know what I mean? So are they saying, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Is it Owens that kind of fucked up? Or, uh, you know, are they trying to shy away from the fact that... NXT is still a performance center. Like I know it's meant to be a, a, its own brand now, isn't it? But
0: I'll be honest. I actually took it more of a like the the generalizing because they're never going to be 100 percent of who's in that audience. So it's easier just saying performance center than mm. tagging it specifically to any particular brand or people. You know. Yeah. But I could be wrong there. Um, could have just been a fuck up on. on well, it feels more like it should have been a fuck up on Cole's Park because he's historically good at fucking up. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, um interesting again, another beat that they've and it's one that I'm glad they've copied to be honest, because I do think it adds something. I think a lot of a lot of matches are a lot more enjoyable when they've got an audience to them. Um helps you get involved, helps you um sort of join the crowd as it were, it? But um this match is a whole, so we had Matt Riddle versus Tim Thatcher, um, which was a, a pit fight, which was like a, a short cage, you know, half a cage match. <laughs> um that being said, it was a really good match. You know, they they it was really heavy shoot level sort of match. This, to be honest, uh, they it felt almost like they were actually going for it. And uh, you know, they've both been MMA in the past, so maybe I don't know whether WWE had sign off on that. And there certainly were some sort of wrestling things in there with some of the um, some of the backdrops that um, Riddle was doing. But some of the shots they were taking and giving to each other were were really heavy. To be fair, so you know, there was some there was some proper real good work there between the pair of them.
1: Oh yeah, I thought the um, the spot where Thatcher's teeth got knocked out. Was a uh, oh yeah yeah pretty, they have to check him yeah yeah um that that was quite good but do you know what I um I wasn't aware that Thatcher had any MMA experience um so for me this felt unbelievable watching it because I was like well obviously Riddle will fucking own him because he is an MMA guy whereas you know to my knowledge Thatcher wasn't MMA of, of any kind so um but if if he was fair dues I think I think it's probably me just being a uh, you know, too in in the business, too much of a bit of a smark to be like, well, obviously it doesn't make sense for Thatcher to win because, uh, but, um, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from the match itself. Like.
0: No, no, I think um, I could be wrong, Carl, but I, I don't think he was ever like UFC level or anything like that, but I do believe he's got some mixed martial arts background. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have to look into that because I think I read it somewhere, but again, I've not cited sources because I uh, didn't think you are going to argue with me on it, i be honest. Cite <laughs> just <laughs> so, um, sources, man. But uh, no, I I really enjoyed the match. Um, it's the best I've seen Riddle, who is normally just a fucking moronic stoner, to be honest. So it's actually seeing him actually sort of legitimately go for a match and, and put in some real good work. Um, to me, this is the kind of shit he needs to keep doing. Um, and Thatcher, it makes sense to win. We we saw Thatcher get the win with a with a correct me if I'm wrong here, Carl, but I believe it was a rear naked choke or something along that line, some sort of choke. Um, yeah. so we got the submission win. Um. I found it really I don't know how this um whether it was just me being overly picky, but when Kurt kept lifting um Riddle's wrist, it was almost like he was putting it back down for him again as well. Isn't he just meant to let it drop?
1: Yeah, again, it felt a bit like overworked <laughs> and overproduced. Like if, if this was an actual MMA contest, you wouldn't lift someone's fucking arm up like three or three or four times when he's literally nearly dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, his, his face is, dead, is purple for fuck's sake. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It felt a bit it felt like because obviously old school wise that that would be what you would do in like a sleep hold or whatever, and then they would Hulk Hogan would, you know at, at the third attempt like Hulk up whatever. But but um, even that
0: like even old school wrestling they'd lift it and then the arm would just naturally drop. It looked like Kurt was putting it back down again, like, like yeah. he was just making a flap out of his arm. Hey, look, it moves. It was <laughs> fly, <weird>. it <little> fly. <laughs> but uh, again, only a minor thing. I just found it a bit weird. Um, but yeah, so we saw Thatcher get the win, which kind of makes sense. I think it was a good way of giving him the sort of push before Riddle fucks off to SmackDown, which apparently he's doing. So, um, all in all, not a bad finish, and a really good match. And that's all she wrote for NXT, mate. Um, and again, I it, bar a couple of things that I've, I've been slightly critical on, it was a really good week for NXT for me, um, to the point that I'm going to give it a three.
1: Same. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a different, um, whole different level of NXT um, this week to, to what we normally get. Um, yeah. I, I was invested in pretty much everything that they had um on offer so yeah really strong show i think see see guys credit where credit's due
0: sometimes we compliment wwe see
1: (laughs) too far between (laughs) but sometimes
0: anyway shall we move on to the best show of the week (laughs) yeah let's do it smackdown um
1: no uh aw dynamite um so we start off the show with a, a very beat up inner circle um they announced that they're going to be having a pep rally later in the night. Um, the only thing that they need to do is find a way to offload all the Stadium Stampede Champions t shirts that they got made because obviously they lost that match. But um, yeah, I don't know, just a bit of a jokey segment, but I thought it was quite funny. And obviously, this, um, you know, they did LinkedIn quite well with Pro Wrestling Tees and they'd actually it actually turned into a storyline where they were selling the t shirts on 50% off and stuff like that.
0: I, I love that. I love that when it, it breaks into real life like that. Like you can legitimately buy that share for $12
1: now. <laughs> yeah. like literally it's just it's so funny isn't it it's something which they obviously knew ahead of time that they were going to do um so it's quite like uh just again shows that kind of foresight to know what what you're doing with the actual product but yeah so i thought it's a bit, bit silly but i thought it was just a funny way um to kick it off um we then go and see the elite so hangman um decides he's going to go back to the hotel for a drink because okay that's what he does I mean is um, he a
0: cowboy or an alcoholic at this point <laughs>
1: um, I think he's definitely an alcoholic who wears a cowboy hat
0: um,
1: <laughs> but yeah so interestingly though Omega decides he actually wants to go with him um, he's going to go and have a, a glass of milk that he's got chilled in the fridge um, <laughs> but yeah I don't know I, I, I think this is a nice little story really because obviously Omega and Hangman had the differences throughout the start of this tag team run um, yeah th-
0: thanks to the books for the last well, exactly. part exactly
1: um, but I feel like it's it's nice now to see that they've formed some sort of little friendship together um, and yeah. to the point where Omega actually wants to go and hang out with him in the hotel. So nice um, little story progression, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Going to go and hang yeah. out in a hotel together.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Um, we then see Matt hardy He comes out. Um, basically, the books are like, well, can we have a different Mahardy for the match tonight? And he's like, yeah, sure. Goes off, comes back again. He's like full old school, like, oh, Mahardy. And they're like, no, no, we, we were thinking even older. And then he goes back to, like, debut Matt Hardy, which is basically just a version of the Young Bucks where he's in his tights with his little bandana on and stuff. And
0: Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, the proper, like, uh, proper buying into this gimmick of him being able to just change it at the drop of the hat, aren't they? But um, I don't mind, to be fair, I think I much prefer this than just having this Damascus character forced I think um, I'd have been probably a lot more critical if we were just
0: doing Broken Matt rebranded as Damascus. Um over and over or they've been you know they're clearly moving away in a way we still have the broken mat stuff but they're moving away from going like full tna with it which i really appreciate because i never got it and i'm not saying don't do it because i don't get it but it was probably done its best in tna so why go over it again so it's nice to see that they are doing something new in a way (laughs) doing something new by doing everything old
1: Yeah. Um uh, in, interesting little viewpoint on it. Um. But no, yeah. I think uh, it definitely stops it from being stale. Um, yeah. Especially when you know they brought back version one at double or nothing, and then now they're bringing <laughs> it yeah. back like old school. You can't, you can't get better than bringing back version one. That was cool. <laughs> well, exactly. I just uh, can't wait for Shannon Moore to rock up something. Oh, no. um,
0: Looking at something. point.
1: Shannon Moore these days, man? that would be fucking weird. <laughs> I hope they do the pool with him. Goes yeah, back yeah, to the traditional well. Shannon Moore. That'd be strange. That'd be funny one. Well. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that then leads into the match between um, Hardy in the Box taking on Joey Janella and Private Party. Um, decent little match, to be fair, quite a bit of action. Um, so Mark Quinn actually ends up injuring his knee in this. I think at the time I wasn't really sure whether it was Kate Fable or not, but I don't think so because it seems to be like a really smart setup um, for the end of the match. So um basically ends up being respectful and helping him to the back and then that allows the Young Bucks to be left in the ring on their own. Um, they then get kind of a sneak attack by Butcher and the Blade. Um, and then in the distance, we hear a truck pull up, and it's the Revival Baby, now known as FTR.
0: But not officially known as FTR, because there's still a copyright issue on that. So that's just a, a, a name. But they're actually just Dash Wilder and the other guy.
1: Well, exactly. Um, it's just like two, <laughs> like two porn stars, don't they? Um, what's his name? Fucking something Hardwood or something, isn't it? Um, Is it Dax Hardwood? Maybe. Um but yeah, so yeah, I, I I marked out a bit for this to be fair. Like, I'm not I'm not a massive revival fan or anything like that, but they are a decent tag team in in the age where tag teams are hard to come by, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think why not? Like, why not go to um, AEW? Yeah. I think it opens. I was, it.
0: Um, I was made up to see them. Um, I think it'll be a really good move for them. You know what? I actually even feel a little bit sorry for them. And not because of this. This was a really good debut. It was a really good. uh, I believe they've got some history with the books. So it was a good sort of um, juxtaposition for them to go for Butcher and Blade. And, you know, they still want to go for the books, but they weren't there to just put them out. But um, after this uh, Dynamite I was reading, um, and there seems to be a bit of thing of like almost putting AEW down, going, oh, yeah, they're just going to buy all WWE talent. And it was that little comment that that pissed me off because it's like ex-WWE talent. These guys weren't big in WWE. You can you can use that all you want. You can go, Oh yeah, they're just gonna buy up X WWE talent because they've been in WWE. But to me, these guys were bigger outside of WWE. So
1: why not buy them?
0: You wouldn't buy them mm. on the back of their run in WWE because they were shit.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to remember whether whether they had a, a decent run in NXT. I think I think that might have been where they were like introduced as this uh like shit up tag team, but then they were oh yeah, because really to be fair, they had the,
0: the good t- catchphrase and the no flips, just uh, yeah, kicks yeah, or something fist. like that. When I, so fist, sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, you could argue their best work was outside of WWE and in independence anyway. So mm. um, whilst they had a good run in NXT, I think it's un- it's unfair to just simply refer to them as ex WWE talent and that that's almost the reason AEW wanted to buy them. Maybe they wanted to buy them because they're actually talented guys. You know what I mean? Surely not.
1: <laughs> why? why 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 would any company want to do that? I hate this um, thing where
0: the where there's this belief now that AEW is just going to pull a TNA and they're going to buy up every bit of WWE talent for the notoriety when in actual fact I honestly think they're looking for talented wrestlers and if talented wrestlers are available whether they were WWE or not you would buy them it just makes sense. Do you think yeah, WWE definitely. would blink an eye about buying an AEW talents if they became available? No what the fuck. Exactly.
1: Um so, anyway, um, I don't know. I thought it was quite quite a nice little debut. Um,
0: quite a surprise as well, because a lot of um if you're expecting any WWE talent, it would not be now because a lot of them are still within the 90-day contract. Obviously, the Revival
1: went. So um, that was a nice little surprise, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was interesting as well because they got in the ring and they made a beeline for the Young Bucks, but then they actually turned around and took out Butcher and the Blade. I think it was more of like a respect thing. I do think it's going to be them and the Young Bucks going forward. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite good. Um, we then saw Mox. Um, so he uh, made his way down from the, the rafters, as he always does, uh, but this time to join on commentary. Um, and then um, that was kind of leading up to Brian Cage versus Lee Johnson, which is a squash match, as you would expect. Um, you know, I've I've gone on record as saying I'm quite a big fan of a squash when it makes sense, and I think this makes absolute yeah. sense. Um, totally <clears throat> you know this this cage guy is definitely a, definitely a talent. Uh, he's huge, obviously in terms of like his physique. He's not the tallest of guys, but you know he's he's built like a brick shit house, and he can do some really good uh, moves as well. And I think this whole kind of Taz thing is interesting. That being said, after the match, Taz did cut a promo, and it was a bit fumbly from him. So I think considering he's like on commentary and stuff quite a bit, mm. um, he did fluff his lines quite a bit in there. Um, but basically, the whole point of it was he was announcing that it is actually going to be Fighter Fest, I think. Which I think you mentioned um, on the show last week. Uh, so it'll be Fighter Fest, where yeah, um, yeah he said that that's when the um, the
0: championship match was going to be given. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is them just solidifying that, is it?
1: Yeah. So basically, just just saying that, that that's going to be the case. But yeah. So apparently, uh, Taz wants Moxie to show more grit again with the fucking grit word. But whatever. Grit. Um so we then went on to the Britt Baker promo, which obviously I mentioned earlier, but um, this is straight out of Jericho's uh, old playbook. So um, I thought it was funny because she's in a wheelchair that's got role model on the back, but spelled like R O L L, and she's rolling around in the wheelchair, which I thought was nice. Um, but yeah, she kind of called out uh, the three women that were responsible for her, uh, her injury. You know, Statlander, basically saying she's an alien and it's bullshit. bullshit, um, calls out Aubrey Edwards because, you know, she's always tends to be around and she gets injured. there's yeah. this whole kind of conspiracy, conspiracy thing, um, which Jericho did so well in WCW and I thought it was quite nice, um, you know, that he's been able to entrust Britt with that gimmick as well and she seems to be pulling it off. So oh, hopefully yeah. we can get we to see more from it. Um But she basically announced that she'll be back competing it all out. Um, so obviously she's got a little bit of a lengthy time on the sidelines there but yeah, to be honest I was longer. expecting longer um, mm-hmm. I was quite surprised that it was going to be all out so
0: obviously she's not going to be able to do anything for Fest. but um, I thought I, I don't know you know when you just like yeah legit injury on the knee could be out for a while but uh, you know good to see it, would be good to see her back I don't know if they're going to keep uh, doing sort of promos backstage and the like and um, keep her relevant that way but be a good chance to hone all that skill wouldn't it to be fair
1: yeah, definitely. Um so after that segment we got the inner circle, um, being interviewed backstage, um, and then Orange Cassidy just happens to walk by and that basically pisses Jericho off something rotten. Um, so <laughs> we basically <laughs> assume Cassidy's gonna get his ass on at some point. Um we then get uh, Hikaru Shida versus um a woman by the name of Christy Janes. Um we weird this. So, you know, Shida's just managed to defeat Nyla Rose. Um And yet, she seems to struggle, I think, for quite large portions of this match against this relative unknown. Um, So, I don't know. I thought it would have been squashier than it was.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, especially because it's,
0: like you say, it's a relative unknown. If it had been somebody who was there on the car, but maybe needed a bit of, like, you know, a bit of a propel, you'd make a bit of sense from that. But, um, yeah, I've never heard of her. So don't know what purpose is
1: served. Yeah, strange. Mm. Um. So then we get to see what what exactly happened in that hotel room with uh, Hangman on Omega. Um. However, there was no audio for me in the one I watched. I don't know whether you managed to get one. No, no I got audio. I got the same, mate. I don't know if that was deliberate or not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Part of me felt like it was a bit of a botch, to be fair. But I don't know whether it was just intentional because I think um, it seemed like it was meant to take place during the commercial break. Um, so maybe it was not intentional because you wouldn't be able to hear it anyway, um, which is why it seemed so weird because the commercial break never seemed to arrive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, strange. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I wish there was audio, basically, to see what happened. I assume that's
0: just something that happened for us Brits. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Unless you want to uh, admit now, <clears throat> Carl, to watching an American game.
1: <laughs> just something you wanna no. admit, <laughs> want to admit, Carl. I would one even do that. I don't even know, mate. I mean what, what is these what is the internet? Yeah, these weird interwebs. Um so then we got a Cody promo. Um so goes on to talk about how Tom Brady is his favorite quarterback, um, not because he's you know from New England or anything like that. In fact he's probably not welcome back in Connecticut. So a little bit of a WWE swipe again. Um but you know, basically says that Tony Khan wants the best wrestlers and you know, he wasn't the first selected or the second or the third. Um, but all that matters is that he's TNT champ and if we think that his story is going to be one of nepotism and entitlement it's not, you know, he didn't get Dusty's amazing genes, it was actually Dustin, you know he's more like his mum and his mum has grit fucking grit, right so basically, <laughs> don't get me wrong I love Cody Rhodes promo, right and he's one of the best in the biz to do it but this may as well just be in the fucking Liv Morgan promo like, literally fucking grit, grit, my mom, grit, like what the fuck is <laughs> he living um, his best life? <laughs> apparently so um but yeah is he out. just a girl who's trying to figure himself out <laughs> you know sometimes we we don't know what's right for us uh <laughs> when, we're, when we're this age sometimes we get god-awful neck tattoos but you know it's something we have to live with um or oh, lasers there's always lasers <laughs> there's always lasers um so yeah so i don't know um but a bit weird on this you know i'm, I'm not saying it was bad because it was good and it was full of emotion and stuff like that but i just give me a bit of a chuckle that reminded me a little bit of the uh like Liv Morgan promo, but um,
0: yeah I, yeah, I think that's probably the only problem. Like you say, it, it's nice, it's emotional, but it seemed like a lot to say for a very simple message. You know mm. what I mean? Because ultimately, it's a simple message that he's putting out there, isn't it? He's the champ, yeah. and he's gonna he's gonna be a, a fighting champ. But there you yeah, go. I've just that,
1: said it in two lines. <laughs> exactly. That that was like the big announcement he was getting to is that he's gonna start defending it every week. Apparently, so obviously, it's it's effectively just the TV uh, title. So interesting. Awesome. <laughs> Um, so then we get Sabian and Havoc because they're both British obviously, yeah they're definitely team. a team now um, versus SCU uh, match was okay again Scorpio Sky was the main standout um, I was starting to worry actually the fact that I haven't seen Christopher Daniels in a match for a while so I was worried that it might be something wrong with him but we did actually get to see him later on the night but yeah these guys are obviously just being booked as, as the tag team um, which is massive yeah, because
0: Sky, um, Scorpio I know that they're pushing him he's the younger talent and like, but he wasn't originally the tag team yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, Christopher Daniels and who's um, the third guy, Carl? <laughs> Kazarian. <laughs> Thank you, Frankie Kazarian. So it's uh, it's interesting to see that, um, that uh, it seems to have got more Kazarian sky.
1: Yeah. Ooh, that, that's a good tag name. <laughs> it is actually it sounds like a fucking rock band. <laughs> from Kazarian Sky. Um, but yeah. So uh, fair dues, I guess. Um, the British dudes take the win, um, and you know, very clear that they want the titles. So fair dues. Yeah. Um, we then get a MJF promo. Um, so he calls himself the breakout star. Um, you know, he didn't have to come from another place for that title. He's he's undefeated and he's never had a title opportunity. Maybe someone in the office doesn't like him too much, obviously playing on the whole Kobe thing. Um so you know, he's gonna enter the battle royal tonight. Um then I thought this was interesting. They kind of teased MJF-Wardlow breakup, which I don't know if it's a bit too soon. Basically says Wardlow's going to be in the Battle Royal too. And then when it's them in the final two, then you know Wardlow knows what to do, which Wardlow ends up taking a bit of exception to. Um, but then <clears throat> MJF basically screams in his face, but then goes, ah, I'm just, just ribbing you. And then Wardlow just looks a bit pissed. <laughs> so Yeah, it's an unusual tease. And like you say, I don't know if it's a bit
0: too soon. But that being said, Wardlow's been looking impressive on his own for a little bit now, and he so...
1: Yeah, it's one of them. Like I don't I don't feel like either of them need each other, but I just feel like it'd be a bit out of nowhere because MJF's obviously been recuperating from his really bad injuries all this time. So, of course, uh... yeah, yeah. And now his
0: friends <laughs> just turn on him. Not much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so next we get the Battle Royal, um, to determine who um will be the number one contender for the T N T title um match. Uh so on the way to the ring, Orange Cassidy gets taken out by Proud and Powerful. So Jericho does um, get his comeuppance here um, against OC, um, but yeah, I don't know. We, we we get to see quite a bit of action in this. Um, some good spots. I thought Marco Stunt looked pretty good throughout. Um, he was quite heavily involved. Um, ended up eliminating Christopher Daniels, who um, I mentioned. I was worried that we weren't seeing him, but he yeah, was but there he is. Yep. And I mentioned this one a while ago, basically saying I'd love to see uh, Luchasaurus and Wardlow face off. And, um, I knew you'd like be loving other- this little bit of a preview of that in this, um, which yeah, obviously I was uh, majorly bought into. Um, but yeah, MJF then goes on to eliminate Billy Gunn and Luch- uh, Luchasaurus, um, and tells Billy Gunn to suck it <laughs> with the crotch shot. <laughs> <to those laughs> that was good, to be fair. Um, then Orange Cassidy finally recovers and enters the match. Um, MJF goes to kind of try and hit him, but uh, with the with the diamond ring, but um, he ends up hitting Wardlow by mistake. Uh, so then. MJF gets eliminated and then Wardlow does swiftly afterwards as well so we end up being down to Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy Um, and yeah I don't know it was interesting this I I was quite happy with either of these guys but I think I'm happier that Jungle Boy got the win I think he's another guy who's going to be a breakout star and I'm I'm, I'm actually really excited to see Cody and Jungle Boy
0: No, I think um, to be honest I I actually would prefer that match I think OC he can always put on a decent match but um, I'm not sure how well a Cody OC match would have gone I much prefer the idea of the Jungle
1: Boy, Cody, I must admit. Yeah, same. Um, So I'm definitely interested to see that. I think it's probably going to take place next week, um, which would be good. Then the kind of main event of the evening is the Inner Circle Pep Rally. So everyone makes their entrances, um, all looking a bit somber, introduced by the head cheerleader, Vicky Guerrero. (laughs) Um, So it's (laughs) nice nice to see that he's looking after her. Um, Yeah, so like five sexy phoenixes, they're going to rise again. Um, Sammy hands out some participation trophies I think they say something like uh, best dad jokes or something, so he makes a quarantine joke around he couldn't actually get the ones he wanted um, Santana hands out some gifts, gives Sammy some Vicks Vapor Rub, which I lost it when he started like rubbing it on his jeans Like <laughs> it's just, what the <laughs> fuck but yeah, basically because of all his injuries, apparently the, uh, the word in the hood is that Vicks Vapor Rub solves everything um, and then Jericho gives uh, Sammy a scooter called the Hit Me Up Mobile, which I thought was very really funny. Um, <laughs> Jake Hager reads a poem, which I, you know I don't want to, don't want to, just throw it out there. Did we inspire this? We I, left I think poem. I think yeah, I think that was fully inspired by that poem. Just saying, I think Jericho read it and went, <clears> this is this is gold. Don't want to read out these guys one though. Wouldn't it be funny if Jake wrote a promo and then it was like boom, that's it. Yeah. Um, so you've heard so, it here first. We awesome. fully
0: inspired a uh, a promo.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. Yeah, so he basically then goes on about it, um, saying the only thing that would actually really make him happy is if he had uh, Tyson's head on a platter, which I was a bit like, well, okay, but why? Um, and then it's like obviously Tyson screwed him years ago, blah blah. blah. It's like oh, okay, um, and then Tyson shows up with quite an interesting posse of people. So we had Triple C with him, Henry uh, Cejudo, who's the um, double weight champion UFC who's just retired, Vitor right. um, Belfort, and Sugar Rashard Evans, again two former UFC guys, and then some other guys looked absolutely fucking stoned or pissed or something. Um, but yeah, I just thought what a what a random little uh, entourage he, he was keeping. But, uh, it certainly was.
0: I mean, mean yeah, so. I, I needed to be educated by yourself for that because I didn't recognize the other guys. I'll be honest, but uh, no, that's okay. thankfully, I've got my my UFC guy over here <laughs> provide some intel.
1: Yeah. it's one of them. If you if you big into UFC, like these guys are like really big names. As opposed like the general public, they're just like well, just a bunch of nobodies. But like Cejudo especially, he's literally only just um, retired, and he he retired on top with the. Uh, being the, the champion two divisions so um, that one was massive do
0: you think we're going to see more than just um, potential Tyson matches? then do you think these guys are going to get uh, some some time in the
1: ring no I honestly no idea where it's even going but I think it's quite quite the coup for AW to be able to not just get Tyson but get like the likes of um, Cejudo as well but yeah I don't know there was um, I did like this it reminded me a little bit of the Attitude Era so I was definitely all for it but yeah um, did feel a little bit clumsy. I think Tyson's obviously just, just fucking mental in it. Like he couldn't rip his shirt off properly and <laughs> I forgot about that part. That was, he was funny. <laughs> Like he was trying to flex and stuff and I don't know, he just came across a bit awkward, but obviously the bit where Jericho pushed him and there was the the scuffle and stuff like that, then obviously that, that was really good. So yeah, for me, I just I, I thought it was such a really enjoyable episode of Dynamite, um, just from beginning to end. So for me, solid four out of five, I think for me. I'd have to agree with you on that. A really, really good um
0: Show. I was going to say match. Then sorry, really good show. Um, and I was relieved to be honest. I was. I had massive reservations about the inclusion of Tyson. Um, as you well know, um, I didn't want them sort of pulling this sort of stunts and and relying on this kind of stuff. But I think it's been executed really well. Um, bar a few clunky moments. I actually don't mind the idea of him and Jericho having a match. I don't think it's going to harm the company at all. I think Tyson, being included, has done exactly what it needed to do for Eyes on AEW. Um, so I've, I've come around on the idea. And yeah, genuinely, really good week. So I'll, I'll probably go on a four as well. So are you ready, Carl? Are you ready for SmackDown? I'm always ready. I was cool. born ready. Nice. So yeah, this is um, what a weird foot. This is some car crash TV this week, Carl. <laughs> Right, literally. what the actual fuck was going on? So we literally start with um, a, a, a weird sort of crime scene in which a rental car is um, is propped up on the curb with its bonnet open and no other damage at all, um, and uh, Elias lying in front of it like he's trying to get a claim in, um, and then the, obviously we have police and ambulances and everything there. The only time we see the um, the Universal Champion tonight is here, where he goes, "I saw the whole thing." even though he didn't fucking see anything, apparently. Um, So Elias got ran over, Carl, got ran over by a rental car that, um, fortunately for the police, it included a a bottle of booze uh, near the driver's seat and um, a a slip that confirmed that the rental car belonged to Jeff Hardy. So thank God those two things were in there. So um, they have a little wander uh, up an alleyway up to the back of the building, find Jeff Hardy lying on the floor who clearly had been knocked out or something, and they keep saying, you've been drinking? He's like, no. And they're like, ah, you smell of booze. You know, because Jeff's a a known uh, substance abuser. Uh, So they promptly arrest Jeff. Um, And then, you know, because nobody wanted to see these matches, we now don't have Jeff Hardy versus, um, was it AJ he was going up against? I can't even remember anymore. And we don't have Elias against Daniel Bryan. None of these matches are happening now. Thanks, WWE. (laughs) Uh, So. Uh, a lot of people... I was I was Twittering around this time um, as I was watching it live for once and um, a lot of people thought this was in really bad taste. Um, now, Jeff's obviously signed off on the substance abuse thing. This wouldn't be the first time they've done an angle involving Jeff's substance abuse, as you might recall, with him feuding against CM Punk. But um, a lot of people
1: thought this was in massively bad taste. What did you make of this fucking crazy angle? I quite like it, you know. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. Um, <laughs> like... Don't get me wrong, it does feel a bit played out, this whole, you know, Jeff Hardy's was a fucking alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we've seen all the vignettes and stuff hyping up, and then, I don't know, it did seem a bit a bit silly to, to kind of harp on about that again but as as a segment especially in these times as well like it i was definitely gripped by it as, a, as a start of a show I definitely prefer something like this than fucking the kevin owen show or you know what i mean the fucking yeah way.
0: and i'll agree with you there it was certainly difference i think the bit that bugged me was the the result of it being that elias is completely out you know he's injured apparently he's suffered broken ribs and everything according to the, the follow-up that wwe did um and jeff Has I won't I'll spoil it because we're going to mention it anyway. But Jeff was arrested, so couldn't compete in his match. And then we have the that all resolved. And then we're going into Jeff versus Sheamus again, um, which we've already had quite clearly. I'll I'll explain that as we get on in in SmackDown, but they're just pushing further into Jeff versus Sheamus, and I watched that once before, and Sheamus dominated him, so I'm not overly bothered about seeing that again, Um, but that's clearly where they're going with it. So I think more the results of I was looking forward to seeing Jeff against either Daniel Bryan or AJ, or inevitably both, would have been cool for me. I would have been happy with that. but uh, I think that's probably the bit that kind of annoys me with the whole thing. Yeah, same. (laughs) So, um... Yeah, so ultimately, because these two are out, we get this little debate over how the tournament's going to continue. Now, AJ basically is like, no, I I, I took the win. I'll head happily straight to the final, fuck it, Um, which he was allowed to do. And uh, Daniel Bryan says, almost, to be honest, stupidly, I I get that you want to be a fighting kind of champion or whatever, but... This is kind of a stupid move. You've you've still got to go ahead and beat someone to win the title. You've still got to beat AJ to win the title. So um, why weaken your position? So he agrees to compete for, for his shot. So they agreed to hold a battle royal um, to determine who will be Daniel Bryan's opponent for the night for the shot against AJ for the for the IC title. Um, again, what, the, what did you make of this um, sort of decision to hold this sort of over-the-top rope battle royal? My first thought was... Who the fuck is purple suit guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just someone because they forgot
1: that they don't have authority figures anymore. Exactly. Like I was like what who's this dude? Like why is he why is he like in control of this situation? Um but yeah, I don't know, Daniel Brain, Daniel Brain, Daniel Bryan came across fucking like an absolute buffoon in this whole segment. Um, there's, there's
0: being, you know, there's being like a, a fighting champion, there's being an honorable guy and then there's just being fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ! It was just the way way he did it as well. He was like, "I don't want to go. I don't want to go out like that." I, just, no, I don't know. I just,
0: yeah, it'd be different um, if they were saying, "Well, the title's yours, Daniel," then you could understand him going, no, "I don't want to win like that. That's that's not good." Yeah, He's still yeah. got to fight for the title anyway.
1: I'll tell you what. There was one bit in this whole segment that just actually made me laugh my ass off, which was um, Dolph Ziggler, of all people, um, where he basically he just dropped a little one-liner in there, was saying like, <laughs> uh, "He." You don't just make matches. You're not Jack Tunney, and Jack Tunney was like the old school, like president of WWF, um, like the on-screen guy who made the matches, like uh, Hogan and Warrior, era kind of thing. Nice. And, uh, just being an old school guy, that just proper just tickle me because, he like he's just a fucking legend, Jack Tunney. Everyone just used to boo him and hate him, and he was just so bad, but he was like good bad. He was quite fun. Yeah,
0: that was a nice little nod in it. To be fair, fair play to uh, yeah. to Ziggler for getting that out there.
1: But um,
0: yeah, I mean. <sighs> I don't mind. It's nice having a battle royal. That's always good fun. Um, but I think with AJ choosing to just go straight to the finals, it just made that, it just made Brian look fucking stupid. Um, also worth a mention, by the way, the unexplained Gulak stood next to him again. And they're not going not gonna to mention that, are they? <laughs> he's been there the whole time. Didn't sack him. <laughs> Nothing. So um, he's clearly back. Um, so we then move on to... Sonya doing a bit of a. This was an unusual way of doing a promo as well because she was doing a bit of a promo talking about um, basically how she's going to beat Lacey Evans. A uh, promo felt a little bit clunky for me. Seemed like she was almost, you know, fumbling a little bit. But then uh, Lacey Evans sort of shows up and shoves her, which I was like, okay, not seeing that too often in promos. So it's just seeing her talking shit about her in front of a camera. I thought I'm going to shove her anyway.
1: Um, so that, that tickled me a little bit. But
0: what do you make of Sonya on the mic? People are loving Sonya at the minute, but I felt that was a little bit weak
1: um yeah it, it, it wasn't super strong i don't think she was like i don't think she like stumbled or was clunky as such but i just think it was just felt a bit flat do you know what i mean so it just didn't really have much substance to
0: it yeah fair enough um sorry i'll double back i never actually gave the result for the battle royal <laughs> i just realized that i just carried straight on after moaning um obviously so we we with the battle royal we um we ultimately get down to um Sh- sheamus versus weirdly J Uso of all people um didn't haven't seen him in a while he's not been doing much since uh jimmy's not been around um with sheamus getting the bro kick on the on the outside and dropping jay so uh, yeah it was jay Um, so we've now got sheamus going forward against brian uh later on tonight so uh, apologies for that because i I sort of quickly moved on to sonya because obviously that was more exciting so after the uh the whole sonya little promo we had um cesaro the backstage making jokes about uh shorty g so during the uh battle royal Shorty G managed to get the, uh, the elimination on Cesaro. Cesaro took Umbridge to that and snuck back in and eliminated Shorty G, as you do. Um, and basically just making short jokes, saying he couldn't be IC Champ anyway, and called him little guy and patted him on the head and all that kind of bollocks, um, and saying he did him a favour. So this leads to them both agreeing to have a match later on tonight. So we're going to see um, Shorty G versus Cesaro, because, you know, money match right there, Carl, money match. Um, do you think they're actually going to give Shorty G a bit of a push here? What
1: do you reckon? I, I, I still can't abide the name, I'll be honest with you. but Yeah, it's, I mean, he has got that whole gimmick. like the, You can push him as much as you want, but not, it's not going to go anywhere. So just repackage him or something. They, they really could do with it, to be honest. Just a shame,
0: because Apollo Crew's got his redemption.
1: Mm.
0: Um, so then, uh, next match of the night, we actually go into the uh, the Lacey Evans versus Sonya match. Um, Sonya, yeah, came out looking a bit like she was from the Matrix with that jacket. That was kind of strange. Um, <laughs> but, This was a really good match. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think they got really good chemistry together. Um, It ended really strange. um, They both ended up outside the ring and it went to a double countout. And then um, Lacey sort of kind of aggressively got back in the ring and was saying to Sonia, get back in the ring, we'll finish this. And Sonia was like, no, we'll fight on my terms. And I was like, weren't you doing that anyway? But yeah, she chose just to leave. Uh, so, So yeah, it ended with a double countout for some reason. So no one won that one. There were no winners here tonight, Carl. Uh, How do you Mm. feel about that? Because I was enjoying the match. I was a bit of a shame the way it finished, really. But what did you make of it?
1: Yeah, I think it's classic. Just they don't want to make anyone look weak. I thought the uh, kick on a blondie and stuff like that was just a bit. um, Oh yeah, the whole thing
0: to to hair color. I don't. Yeah.
1: uh, Mm.
0: But um, yeah, strange, uh, strange finish, strange match. But again, it had markings of a good match. I don't think they're done with it as a feud. So you never know. Um, We might get to see that actually play out properly. I'm guessing she's done with Mandy Rose. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And we get another... We move on to another little Forgotten Sons promo. um, Because... they need to remind everyone each week that they were in the forces. And uh, that exact same promo, actually, from previous weeks, where they're saying about um, our their blood's on our hands. So it's only fair that our blood's on Except their hands. Except for fucking Wesley shit. Blake,
1: though. And he's like the, the main guy in it, isn't he? And he's just like, you know, I, I served here, I served there. then Wesley Blake's like, and I respect these guys. And it's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> just don't bring him up, he's shit you. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, that would uh, yeah, that's a good point, that.
0: Because uh, he served nowhere. But um, like uh, much respect to the armed forces, but why they keep regularly mentioning it and trying to use PTSD as an angle, I really don't know. And at this point, it's like every week you just keep talking about getting blood on your hands and you just don't do anything. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm not invested at all. Yeah, same. And then weirdly we we um we get them mentioned again because we go into a moment of bliss, which you know me, Carl. I'm am I'm an Alexa Bliss fan, much like yourself. I never mm-hmm. try and uh, put down a moment of bliss, but. Uh, didn't need this one fucking useless this um yeah, didn't
1: really do anything, did
0: they're interviewing the new day because they are also tag champs they give each other gifts so the new day get uh some pancakes made by uh nikki cross and they give some coffee beans that they insist on putting straight in the cups and using cold water to make so that's annoying um and yeah just a load of silly gimmicky stuff like that but uh they ask the new day the question of who they do they think so you know legitimate threat tag team wise who they'd like to face and they they listed the forgotten sons um okay cool let's actually have a match then you know sick of just seeing everyone talk now um and then we get interrupted by uh bailey i was gonna call her Sasha bailey then that's not right bailey and Sasha banks um because for some reason it looks like they might want a shot at the tag titles now um and yeah i'm I'm all for that but you know we're, we're already getting a lot of tag motivation on the raw side of things so i'm a bit surprised they were going down that route um but then Bailey basically volunteers Sasha for a match against uh, Alexa Bliss, and I don't know, Banks didn't seem too happy about that, so they're obviously still pushing that side of things. Um, so Bailey then fucks off to go and find a referee, and uh, Banks uh, drops her with a with a drop kick. Uh, sorry, drops Banks with a drop kick, and um, yeah, this is like I'll, I'll, just a little mention as well because um, I noticed this seems to keep happening on SmackDown this week, but this was like the third cheap shot from a, a face as the night went on so we got um lacey evans attacking Sonia, who's apparently a face we've got chad gable uh, getting the cheap shot on cesaro during the promo i think he kicked him in the shin or something like that and now bliss is getting the drop kick on banks so um yeah seems like the faces are having a bit of a bit of a healy night going on
1: here oh yeah character.
0: <laughs> yeah it certainly seems to. um so then we get into the actual match with bailey and um but Bailey and Bailey and uh, Bliss, uh, oh sorry, Bailey and Cross on commentary and uh, Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks in the match. And um, to be honest, it's good to see Alexa Bliss in the, in in the ring again. I don't, I feel like we've not seen an awful lot of her lately, but she's still really good performer in the ring. And um, I know she gets a little bit of shit for that. But I think uh, Ring Ring skills are, are fairly decent, to be fair, and they seem to put on a really good match together. The main thing for this for me was um, Nikki Cross. I know she's a face, I know she's supporting the mates, but she really needed to shut the fuck up on commentary. <laughs> it was actually quite distracting, to be honest. But um, yeah, Bailey ends up getting uh, a distraction, and. Uh, at, at the point Alexa was on top of the turn because it did twist of the twisted bliss so allowed uh, Sasha to get the win over it but obviously through heel like shenanigan. Um
1: firstly what did you think of the match goal? Um yeah it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of them. I think uh, they're, they're both are both really good. But like I think to your point where Nikki on commentary and, and Bailey on commentary and stuff kind of dampened the whole match. Like the quality of the actual match itself was good. But like, the whole kind of like the whole story behind it was just a uh, not
0: great. And um, the idea of the uh, the tag titles for Bailey and Banks, do you think that's a, a good way to go, or do you prefer more the the raw angle with the Iconics?
1: Um, I definitely think the Iconics is is the better one. To, it's been more fleshed out, does not it? To be fair. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So uh, be interested to see where they go. I don't know if they actually are going to head towards that. Um seems to be sort of battling on all sides if they do. Like, and inevitably we'll get Charlotte involved somehow. If we can fit it in. <laughs> Um, so then we move on to this uh, this match between um, Cesaro and, uh, and Chad Gable. I'm going to show him the respect of calling Gable. Um, and do you know what? He, he's fucking awesome in the ring. Like you don't get to see it all too much, but he had a really good match against Cesaro. Um, and I genuinely wish he'd actually push him as a as a wrestler. I mean, like you say, they need a he needs a whole repackage now. Um, but that being said, in this match, it was great seeing that he didn't just get the squash. You know, it was a really good match. I was really kind of hoping we were going to get a bit of a surprise sort of movie. You know, with the uh, the battle royal. And we see um, Shorty G even managing to get to a match against Daniel Bryan, which I think would have been a good performance between the two. But, um, you know, we've ended up where we've ended up and we're stuck with Sheamus versus Bryan tonight. But, uh, what do you make of the Cesaro um, Shorty match, mate?
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, they're both obviously very talented um, athletes and both of them haven't really had the opportunity to get that much ring time or kind of shine um, in the ring. So I thought they both put on a really good match. It? I
0: mean, that's probably the thing, isn't it? I'm, I'm giving um, Shorty G or Chad Gable all, all the. Uh, or the credit there for being unsung, but Cesaro's not really had a very strong push either. So um, they're both, uh, both underused talent, really, aren't they?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, the strangest part of the night for me was uh, <laughs> we, we cut to uh, Chris Farley, or Otis as he's now known, uh, and Mandy Rose uh, just having a relax by a pool because uh, you know that was needed. But the strange thing for me was this, like they, they have this thing where they're cutting to them and just enjoying each other's company by the pool, uh, and he goes to his room and she's like, oh, I'm just going to chill here. And then we get to see her dream. Like, have we ever had this before? Where it just cuts so. to a, a dream sequence that Mandy's having. How we, we're meant to suspend disbelief on a level, but we've now seen a
1: video of what she was dreaming about. the fuck yeah. was that? I, d- I don't know. I thought it was quite funny, this. It was um, clearly a ripoff of that Fast Times at whatever it was called, fucking Ridgemont High or wherever it was, With the right, yeah. where she takes the bikini off and stuff. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're obviously trying to play into that thing, but I don't know, I thought it was definitely weird as fuck, but at the same time, I'm not a big Otis fan, and I actually did think, I thought this was alright.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing for me is, um, I understand why it's amusing, but at the same time, it's the, it's the same thing with WWE, going, this is funny because he's fat. Like, it, it just mm. it boils down to that basic joke again. But uh, that being said, Mandy sold it really well in terms of like, uh, I think she'd done that bit where she, she squeezed the suntan lotion bottle or whatever as he was getting out of the pool and stuff. It was, it she, you know, that was quite kind of amusing based on her reaction, but I was really sort of thrown out of it, but like, why are we able to see what she's dreaming about? Like, isn't this getting, like, broadcast to, to the Smackdown studio or something? Like, <laughs> the fuck? But nevertheless, all a bit of fun, I suppose. Um And then, randomly, we had Kate Angle arrive to... um just promote, firstly, mentioning that he's looking forward to the greatest wrestler match ever. You know, don't need to name any names there, Carl. We all know what <laughs> the greatest wrestler match ever is going to be. Mm. Um, and then he wanted to, he, he's turned up just to, uh, I say turned up, he was doing a VT, so he could have been fucking anywhere. Um, but he was mentioning that um, the new face of SmackDown brand is coming. Guess who it is, Carl? Bruh. Yeah, it's Matt Riddle. Um, <laughs> so, you know, can't wait for uh, Vince to get that high on Matt Riddle that he, you know... <laughs> just sort of partners him with a big fucking dog or something because he's uh that kind of guy proper fucking stoner um Riddle and Hooch. <laughs> but now it's i mean i'm all for him moving to the main brand i don't know why it needs to be announced like this i've not seen anyone else get uh, normally they turn up or something like that it just seems to be like a big pre-announcement he's gonna be here he's gonna be on smackdown he's, he's huge he's great um I can already see it falling flat. I don't actually know, you know, who's he going to go up against? What kind of rivalries are we looking at? Are we going to throw him in the main title picture? Do we want to see him against Braun? I just don't know. Like, can you put him anywhere? The other way, you're going to be like, yeah, that's going to be legitimately exciting.
1: No. <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah, it's I'm been not... a one. I'm trying to see what motivated the decision to move him to SmackDown, but I just can't. But hopefully they go somewhere with it that I just can't see right now. But I don't know, I'm looking at it like, ah, uh, seems a bit weak. But he just come off a really good match with Thatcher, so who knows? Um, right. So we have uh, Seamus arrive backstage while um, is it Kayla Braxton? I want to say Kayla Braxton. Um, she's talking about the the literally just announced Matt Riddle thing, and then Seamus rocks up and he's like, "Oh yeah, you'll you'll talk about Matt and like parading her for talking about." It. It's like yeah, because it's actual news, Seamus. Like she's not going to talk about you because you were in a match and you're here. Like th- there's no news there. So, I, I still don't get why, because even I with Cole earlier on, I just, I, I don't, I, it's like, they're doing the jobs, man, they're called announcers, for fuck's sake. um So, I'm not really digging uh, Seamus as a heel, is, is the point I'm making there. And then we get cheap shot from a face number four, um because Brian arrived, and, uh, oh, it was Brian, Brian kicked Seamus in the shin, so I think Shorty <laughs> G must have been the shin kicker. But again, another face just turning up and doing something kind of heely kind of weird. But uh, we end the night on uh, the Brian versus Sheamus match anyway. And um, it was actually a really good match. And I don't know if you've been more invested in this as well, because you you distinctly remember the the, the last time these two faced off. Uh, and they did allude to that, because um, Sheamus is loud enough that you can hear what he's saying in the ring. So that's good. Um, but they did allude to the 18-second the match and uh, the fact that, you know, Sheamus reckons he put Brian on the map and all that sort of thing. Um, and... It, yeah, it was it was uh, actually quite enjoyable. I don't know if because of the history or just because they are both genuinely good performers in the ring as much as I'm not a big fan of Seamus' heel antics. Um, but then we also see Jeff Hardy turning back up because apparently being arrested and processed for potential drink driving doesn't take that long. Less than two hours, in fact. Um, but so yeah, so he rocks up, uh, which results in um, Brian getting the win, which again, it's like kind of, didn't get a legitimate win because he got the win based on the distraction but hey ho he'll take that over just taking the uh the shot against aj apparently <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so we're, we're clearly pushing to to jeff sheamus and um obviously the tournament going forward is going to be aj Bryan, which i actually quite look forward to as a match to be fair not Can't wait for that still not overly enamored on the, the revisit to jeff sheamus unless they put on a, be- a better match maybe Hmm. Um, but he already looked like he was struggling against Sheamus, so it's going to be hard to sell that, really. But um, who would you like to see win the tournament, Carl? That's my question.
1: Either or, to be honest, probably AJ over Brian But um, I just think the match itself is going to be fantastic. that's definitely two of my kind of um work and you know the fighting for the the workhorse title, then I'm all for it. No, they are both. They're both really good workers. I think um,
0: I don't know if I've seen them work together before, but I feel like they they have done, but outside of WWE. Am I am I right in saying that, Carl?
1: Yeah, they've definitely done stuff in Ring of Honor.
0: I thought I thought it was a, I couldn't decide. Have they both been in TNA at one point, or has Brian never actually done TNA? I don't recall him in TNA. But uh, but yeah, e- either or. It's uh, they're both very technically gifted, so it's going to be a really good one to see. Um, I mean, for me, um, there's a lot of weren't really that arsed with. So I'm probably going to say... It wasn't bad. There was some good stuff. It was nice to see a battle royal. They're always fun. Um, I'm probably going to say a two
1: and a half for myself. I think that was a three. I actually thought it was really good. You know, I think uh, the opening thing, the the car stuff, I, I actually quite liked. Um, I liked the even the stuff with Otis, where normally I, I'm just... I, I hate it. I thought that was quite funny. Um, and, like, some of the some of the matches and stuff as well were quite quite good. Like, uh, Lacey and Sonya and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a good show. Definitely on par with... Um, NXT for me just, I was toying with the 2.5 just because that cage match was maybe give the edge to NXT, but I think they're both threes in their own right, but Mm. NXT is probably slightly better.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's probably where I land on a two and a half, definitely, because um, I I much prefer NXT. Um, Mm. I think it definitely merits that other half a point for me, but uh, that's what it's all about, Carl. (laughs) So that, that was SmackDown this week. Um, and I think that means raw was actually the weakest match of this week. If anyone's keeping track,
1: yeah, it was awful.
0: <laughs> yeah, just it was the weakest.